Welcome to The Cat Lady, the show where people opine about felines. I'm Lana, the Cat Lady, and each episode I invite a person I think is awesome to react about cats. Cat lover, cat hater, or cat agnostic. I'm curious what makes them tick. Chelsea and Oliver are the parents of ragdoll cats with fancy names, and these two came to the show fully prepared with stories and advice. Chelsea takes us into the realm of cat poetry, and Oliver makes what I think is the first cat pun of this podcast series. Now, um, he had a bunch of cats, right? Hemingway, isn't he famous for having like the six-toed cats in Florida? I don't know. It, well, well, didn't he live on like the, in like the Keys on this island and or like some? There was yeah. Like, he um, was he was given a six-toed cat by a ship's captain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I knew this was a thing. He has like this. He, it's this whole thing where he has the the polydactyl cats in like this island in the Keys. This is amazing. Cats have not come up so far for our listeners. I am currently reading through a collection of Hemingway short stories and they're full of some of his early drafts leading up to his most famous mature short stories. And I was telling Oliver, a lot of the themes come up throughout all of his work and you can just see him tweaking and finessing how he expresses even very specific details. I don't, Cats? So I just found this article that says it, they were saying that he was a feline fanatic. <laughs> <laughs> and his house and his like Florida house is now home to over 56 toed cats. What? <laughs> a whole new side of Hemingway. <laughs> a whole new side. And <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of uh, six toed cat reproduction. Yeah, that's, it's probably a little bit like, it's just like his books, you know, they were all sort of like, everybody was having sex and there was just like kids everywhere. (laughs) Maybe that's where he like wrote, that's why he wrote about sex so much is because just his cats ran around recreating. We think he's this worldly man, but really he was just stuck at home with a bunch of cats. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> See, this is a Hemingway that I can get to know and love. The sexism, you know, I can take or leave that. Yeah, and racism. Don't forget that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Hemingway was just a crazy cat lady. <laughs> Chelsea, let's start with you. What is your earliest memory of a cat? I My earliest memory of a cat is my grandparents in North Dakota had this cat named Nubby. He was a, just a stray cat that they took in. Um, they found him. He was injured. He had had his tail cut off. They're not sure why or how, but that's why he was given the name Nubby because he had a nubby little tail. Um, so as kids, we would go visit my grandparents and the highlight, one of the, one of the highlights for me was playing with Nubby. Um, he was very patient. Um, and allowed us to like hang Christmas ornaments off of his ears and tail at Christmas time and um, put up with a lot of our shenanigans. So 
that's my earliest memory is being really excited to go visit my grandparents um, because I loved them and also because I loved Nubby and was really <laughs> excited to see him. <laughs> and yeah, I loved animals from a young age. So for my and my and I was never allowed to have a pet. So for my birthdays, I would just want to go to the pet store. That was back in the day when they actually had puppies and kittens at the pet stores. Um, and would just want to like play and cuddle with the puppies and kittens and um yeah so I have very early memories of like loving cats <laughs> it sounds like you loved kittens and puppies equally yeah probably um I think I've shifted more towards cats as an adult but I am an equal opportunity animal lover <laughs> Okay, and then Oliver, what about you? Yeah, my my earliest memory of a cat isn't so much of like the cat itself, but it's of what we weren't like what the cat represented. So I had this friend, Michael Latasur, and we would go I would go over to his house all the time and we would play video games, play outside, do all sorts of stuff. But the thing what we weren't allowed to do was go into their basement, because that's where the cat lived. And I remember always wanting to like see this cat. I think I saw it like maybe once or twice. And I, I don't like, it was just, it wasn't supposed to be out in the upstairs. It wasn't supposed to interact with like guests, but it was there. We weren't allowed to go in the basement because of the cat. That's it. And that's like what I remember is that there's this cat. The cat had the basement. We could go anywhere but the basement. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised that you weren't sneaking into the basement trying to scare the cat or catch the cat. No, I I didn't really like have an affinity towards cats or like I, I there wasn't anything like I wasn't like oh cats I was just sort of it was there and I wasn't super interested in playing with the cat. We were like running around outside or playing video games, like doing other things. So the cat was just there, but it wasn't really something that I interested in I was more interested in the the social aspect of hanging out with my friend rather than like this cat mm -hmm. so do you consider yourself a cat person now or is it kind of the same thing no I love I love cats now it's sort of been the, the cat like I sort of like became a cat person when I got my first cat that was a while like well back in maybe 2009 or so I think that was like when I first started becoming a cat person. So I've got this theory that like most people like cats, but they like their cat more than everything else. And every other cat, like they don't really become a cat person until they have a cat. It's just like my idea is that people don't really care for other people's cats. And they may say they do, but they really don't until they have a cat. Chelsea, what pushed you to be a cat person? Well, so when I was like 16, I think, um, there was a stray cat that was hanging around our house. And um, my parents are not animal people at all. So we weren't allowed to bring him inside, but they did let us start feeding him. And uh, we named him Captain Jack because Pirates of the Caribbean had just come out. <laughs> and... <laughs> We all got really attached to him. And even my parents who don't like animals 
were they were surprised at how attached they got to Jack. He would just he was very sweet and friendly. He stayed in our garage. Um, so we made like a little bed for him out there and fed him every day. Um, and I would go out early in the morning and just sit in the chair and he would sit on my lap and make biscuits and it was the greatest. And so I think that experience of holding a cat on your lap who's purring and making biscuits early in the morning, um, it was the closest I got to like having a pet of my own. And I think that shifted me into becoming a cat person. Um, and I knew that as soon as I had a place of my own, I was going to go out and get a cat. I also feel like their personality is a good match for mine. Um, we're introverts. We like people to put in the time before we really open up to them and like napping and peace and quiet. So I feel an affinity, a strong affinity with them. Do you have a cat now? Yes, we have two cats. I wonder where they are. Oh, I see one. Oh, you know what? They are outside of your door because they hate being locked out of rooms and we have the door closed just for sound quality and they're just standing right outside the door just like looking at me like, what are you doing? How would you do this to us? Yeah, they're mad. They were shut in the bedroom with me, but they also don't like being shut in rooms. They don't like being shut out or shut in. So I let them (laughs) out because they were banging on, they throw themselves against the door and like, create this horrible noise so (laughs) so now they're shut out instead of shut in but they're mad about that too so tell us about your cats what are their names so uh we were kind of pretentious and we gave them very fancy names that hardly ever get used in everyday life um but they're they're two girls they're half sisters so they have the same father but different mothers so they kind of look, they look a lot alike, but their names are Perdita and Cordelia. And the names that they actually end up being called, Cordelia gets called Boo or Boo Bear um, or Baby Boo. And Perdita gets called um, Purr Bear, uh, Pooh Bear. And, tur- uh, and Turtle. Purtle the Turtle, which has just turned into Turtle. So, (laughs) yeah, they have a lot of nicknames. Those are marvelous official names. Yeah, so Cordelia, Cordelia Chase um, is from, is the character from the shows Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel, which are two of our favorite shows. Well, Buffy is. I love Angel. Oliver doesn't like it as much. Um, But our first cat as a married couple was named Buffy. And um, she died, and we got our two current cats to replace the hole that she left in our lives. And so Cordelia Chase is Buffy's foil and social rival on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So we thought naming our Buffy replacement cat Cordelia made a lot of sense. Um, And then Perdita comes from a Terry Pratchett novel that we both really like, so... These are cultured cats. They like to think so. They like to think so. But what they really like is like licking each other's butts and pooping. Yeah. And eating thin slices and gravy, which is a very stinky food. But we love them so much. One of them actually just came to sit next to me. So 
I have a cat. I've got Perdita right here next to me. Um, Perdita is very good. She likes to purr. And She's a very loud purr. Yeah. And they are the breed. They're purebred rag dolls. Um, so, which is a very special type of cat. Um, I know we're biased, but so our first cat, Buffy, we adopted from a shelter in Chicago. And I didn't really know what breed she was when we got her, but she was really beautiful and had the most wonderful personality, kind of like a dog, which is really affectionate and playful. She would greet us at the door when we came home and followed us around the house. And so after she died, we knew we wanted another cat like her. And I had kind of figured out that I thought she was a rag doll. She looked exactly like them and had the same personality. So we spent a couple months. I was checking all the shelters to see if they had any rag dolls come in. And no one did. So we really, really wanted another rag doll. So we found a woman who breeds and raises them in Wisconsin. And I did a lot of research because I wanted a responsible breeder, not a backyard breeder. And this woman is like the most insane cat whisperer. Like the cats are her lives. She loves them and spends so much love and time and care on them. So I did like an hour long phone interview with her. (laughs) (laughs) Seemed like a good fit. So that's where we got our two current cats from. And ragdolls are very loving and affectionate and have really easygoing laid back personalities and they're big and fluffy and cuddly. So we think they're the best kind of cat, but we're biased. What was the pickup and transition like when you brought them home? So um, the woman, she met us halfway because she, I think she was like a three hour drive away from us. So um, she met us halfway at like a small local airport in between. Yeah, she was, like a, she was like an hour north of Madison. So she met us, yeah. we, we met her in Madison, Wisconsin and picked up the cats there. Yeah, so she had given us like, she came well prepared. So she gave us this big bag of all the food that the cats had been eating. So we had a supply of it. She gave us some of their favorite toys. And this whole like instruction manual for how to care for them. And we had to sign this contract saying we would like only feed them this certain type of high quality food and never declaw them and all this stuff. Um, And I remember she like pulled the kitten out of the carrier. It was Pernita and she like kissed her and talked to her and like I could tell that her and the kitten had this bond. Um, So then we put Pernita in our little carrier, put her in the back. And I just sat next to her the whole ride home. And like every time I would just go near her carrier, put my hand in, she would just start purring really loudly. And so then we brought her home and it's recommended when you bring a new kitten home or a cat, um, it takes them a while to adjust to their environment. So you're supposed to just put them in a room with their food and water and litter and let them stay in that one room and get comfortable for like a week before you let them explore the rest of your house. And so we put Perdita in our living room and I slept on the couch with her the first couple nights and it took her a little while to open up. Like she was very affectionate, but she was very afraid to explore beyond that room. And so when we finally opened up the room, I think she stayed in there another couple of days without leaving. 
She was very timid. Whereas like, then when we got Boo a couple of weeks later, Cordelia, she was like day one, she wanted to be exploring. She didn't want to stay in the room. You kind of saw both of their different personalities emerge even when they were little kittens. And the thing about Pertija is she was like the extra cat. So we had, uh, we were going to give Cordelia and then uh, the, 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 the woman emailed us and she was like, hey, I know you guys said you were possibly looking at another cat. We have this other, I've got this, this cat to get and pick him up soon, pick her up soon. And we were like, uh, yeah, can we see a picture? And so she sent us this like really weird picture. <laughs> and it was like, it, it was like super weird because it didn't look like, like, like a cat really. It was like, it was just sort of like this bottle brush tail and a little ball of fluff. We're like, okay, this is weird. And so we asked her for another picture. She sent us another picture. It was kind of weird, too. And we're like, yeah, all right, we'll, we'll get it. Like, that, we'll, we're going to get two cats anyway. We were, like, super excited about it. So we got, like, so we were, like, really confused because we thought maybe that we were just getting just, like, a stray cat that she had found on the side of the road. But we, we were getting a real cat. A real rag doll, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we thought it was just a marketing ploy that she talked us into getting two cats instead of one. But actually, it was really good because they are best friends. They're very bonded to each other. They play together and they sleep together. And I'm glad that they have that feline companionship. I'm really glad we got to, which is what she recommended. And I thought, oh, she's just trying to sell more cats. But it was actually a good call. Yeah, they, they do this thing. We, uh, we're not actually invited to it, but <laughs> they do uh, Best Friends Club. So they are the only two members. And it takes place in their little cat tree and they just like cuddle up together and they like hug each other because they're too big for the cat tree. And so they have to like, they have to squeeze together basically. So. And they wrap all their paws around each other. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it might be like the cutest thing of all time and that's best friends club. And they're the only two invited. Yeah. They usually, they usually do it when we're gone. We'll come home and find them like that. Um, cause when we're around, they, they like to be with us, but then when we're gone, they, they do best friends club without us. That's so cute. Are they best friends all the time? No, <laughs> there are some times when we have to tell them like, so what will happen is one of them will get a hankering to just, to, to, just to get a little bit obnoxious and chase the, like, so Perdita will just like chase boo all around the house because boo was sitting in her chair or something oh that's the other thing is that like if someone's sitting in like a cat cave or a chair that like the other one wants to sit in they will like pretty a lot of times will just run in just knock boo out and then chase boo around if if boo tries to get back in but it doesn't happen all that often and they're not mean to each other but it's just sort of like they're just like uh, sisters, you know, it's like siblings, how siblings sometimes have their little rivalries and fights and tiffs. Yeah. Perdita is a little bit bigger than Boo. And since we got Perdita a couple weeks before we brought Boo home, Perdita thinks that she is in charge. And so she has a very gentle, docile personality with us. But then with Boo, she is definitely the dominant cat. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes Boo will show off her little, her little 
Feistiness. Yeah, she'd get a little sassy. You know, one thing they're really good at, um, which is really helpful, I think, now, is they're really good at being quarantined. Mm. That is something that is something we are learning a lot from them about being quarantined. Just to like see how like comfortable and uh content they are in their space without having to like leave or be around other people. So that's something we can we're learning from our cats. Yeah, they were doing social distancing before the rest of the world was. So Yep. Sheltering in place. <laughs> There you go. So if you're trying to convince someone to get a cat, what are your main talking points? Ooh, um, I think one of the big things is just like, one of the ways I like to do is I like to show pictures and then just <laughs> say how much I love the cat. Be like, look how, look how much this cat, look how like awesome this cat is. Look at this little, like that's, that's the thing is we take a lot of pictures of our cats and just like <laughs> send them to each other. And so if somebody's like, ooh, cats, we're like, hey, you need to get this cat because this is the greatest cat of all time. She likes to play fetch. She uses her litter box. She doesn't like, she doesn't pee in the bed. She doesn't poop on the floor. Uh, she does all sorts of good stuff. And so like, I think those are some of the big ones is that if you can get a cat that doesn't pee in the bed, that is a, that's a, that's a win right there. Yeah, I have a lot of cat talking points. Um, I mean, I think they're just wonderful companions, especially since, well, now things have changed, but when Oliver was working nights and weekends, it was so nice for me to come home to two little creatures who were excited to see me and wanted to love me and cuddle with me. And we both talked about how they improve our quality of life tenfold, Mm. um, just like every day with them they bring us so much joy and I think there's not a lot of things in life where I just delight in just being with them and they don't even have to do anything they can just be sitting there and just their presence and who they are brings us joy and I think for me too they've been really helpful in um well, a lot of areas. I mean, I've learned a lot of patience with them and with our first cat, Buffy, um, because it really is true. Like, you have to adjust your life to them. You can't really expect them to adjust to you. And I think that's something anyone should know before they get an animal is there's going to be battles that you just lose. Um, you can try and train them. Um, and I would say our cats are pretty well behaved as far as cats go, but there's just some instinctual behaviors that you can't really train out of them and so you can try and fight that or you can just let it go and realize that you have to be the bigger person and just adjust to their thousands of years of cat behavior that's ingrained in them Um, so it's definitely taught me patience and just like has brought me a little bit outside of myself just to have these two little creatures who are dependent on us and um, to learn to be attentive to their needs and tuned in to um, what they're needing from us. And I think it's brought out a little bit of a more playful side in me too, um, because they need their playtime and it's just fun to romp around with them and frolic with them. I wouldn't say I'm a very playful person, but I think they bring out a more playful side in me. So 
have a lot of selling points. Now, Lana, you've met our cats before, right? Mm-hmm. What What would you say? So, like, we've, you know, we've, we fawn on them and say, like, very nice things. What nice things do you have to say about them? <laughs> <laughs> I think that they're very courteous creatures. So I've never felt any awkward moments with them. I mean, I feel like, you know, it's their kingdom but they welcome me in very nicely and they they'll make their appearances and, and, you know, sort of extend the scepter. And (laughs) I think I've seen a little bit, a little bit of the quirky side because I've seen them having dinner once or twice. (laughs) (laughs) And, And that whole like, you know, queens of the kingdom thing. All of a sudden, it's a little bit street cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cat fights. <laughs> yeah, but I they're mean, definitely... they're... Go ahead. Oh, no, I would say they're definitely like street cats sometimes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like the the beautiful name and then the nickname is... That's that's where it's at. Where they have like their high cat and low cat sort of things, like <laughs> like high church and low church. This is their this is their like uh, that's the way they differentiate between when they're queens and when they're uh, street queens. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, Chelsea. So Chelsea, we, now I just watched the Tiger King documentary and we uh-huh. have lots, lots and lots of thoughts of good and bad, but I was just, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to like make sure that like our affection for our cats doesn't spill over into that like craziness or maybe it should, I don't know. But like Chelsea, do you feel like we spill over into a bit of a, like a craziness? I mean, I definitely think that if anyone listened in on our conversations together about our cats, they would think we were totally bonkers. Um, so I mean, I definitely think there's a sense that like cat ownership comes with a little, a little bit of craziness and quirkiness. Um, but my thing about the Tiger King documentary is that I think maybe Joe Exotic started out with like a love for his big cats, but because of greed. I, it just turned into a relationship where he was just using them to make money and to oh. like boost his own ego and his own fame. And yeah. so I think we're not really in danger. We're not making any money from our yeah. cats. Like they're a giant money pit. Yeah, absolutely. It's just <laughs> like, there's no chance for making money from them. Their Instagram page hasn't got off the ground. Like we're not going to make money from that. Like there's, they're just, you guys are not, a money-making machine that we thought you might be. <laughs> but that's okay, because we love you anyway. As a cat owner, like our, uh, our ideal is the perfect one. And, <laughs> and there's really not like, for us, right? So there's, there's not a whole lot of wiggle room with a, another cat owner or like another pet owner. Like I, I'll be honest, like I'm sure people's other, other people's cats are nice and stuff like that, but 
I don't really care all that much about other people's cats or stuff like that. I'm a, I'm pretty much like I'm pretty happy with mine, my cats, and I I just I appreciate other people's cats and like what they bring to them, but I, I'm like very happy with like my situation with my cats and our cats. Yeah, I would say before you get an animal, just to know yourself well and to know like what type of pet owner you might be. Um, because I think like there are some people who, yeah, that is their life's work is to take care of really difficult cats. Um, there are people like me who I don't feel like that's my life's work. And it's one thing for me, you know, like our cats are young now, they're four. Um, down the road, you know, in 10 years, when they're elderly, like, of course, I'm going to take care of them. Because um, that's what you sign up for when you get an animal. But um, for me personally, I don't want to spend my life in the meantime, just taking care of really problematic, time-consuming <laughs> pets. So I would say know yourself, know your lifestyle, know, try and figure out what type of cat is a good fit for you. Because there's really energetic cats who have kind of more difficult personalities like Siamese or um, the Sphinx cats, and they're really high maintenance. And so, so I think people buy them because they look cool, but then they're really difficult to take care of. Um, whereas like ragdolls, what we have are a lot more laid back, easy to take care of. That's more the type of people we are. <laughs> so I would say that's what I would just want to tell pet owners is, you know, get a pet that fits your personality, fits your lifestyle, and don't judge other people who, you know, don't have the same lifestyle or the same ability to take care of crazy cats. Wise words. But yeah, if you ever want to have a good laugh, check out some of the cat owner groups on Facebook. Um, they're pretty funny. <laughs> and I mean, I'm a part of them. So, you know, I'm saying that as someone who uh, is very much involved in them. So <laughs> might be talking about myself as much as anyone else. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. There's probably a lot of people, there's a lot of people who like, they're like, oh, there's Oliver. He's really into his cat. He's he's kind of insane. And I'm like, yeah, I maybe a little. <laughs> I, I won't. I won't. I won't say that's not true. It just um. So I guess I'm not trying to like. I guess I don't really like. Think negatively about other people and their cats. I just don't really have much of. I don't really have the same emotional investment in cats as gen in cats. As a general thing as I do have the most emotional investment in my two cats. Got it. That makes sense. Is there anything else that we didn't cover? You know, I brought a short poem about cats. Oh my gosh. Uh, that I could read. So <laughs> it's by Ursula Le Guin, who is one of our favorite sci-fi writers, but she also writes poetry. And so this is called Sleeping with Cats by Ursula Le Guin. In smoothness of darkness are warm lumps of silence. There are no species. Purring recurs. That is Sleeping with Cats by Ursula Le Guin. <laughs> 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 oh. 
I loved that. So last question. If you were at a cat conference, how would you introduce yourself? Oh, a cat conference. Like, like would it be when we walk up to somebody, would we have our name tags on and like the type of cats and the cats names we have? Or like, is this like a, a name tagged cat conference or is this just like, we're going there and we don't have a lanyard or anything? You are definitely at a name tag conference. Okay. I don't know about Chelsea. What? <laughs> What would be on the name tag? I just got to make sure because, like, am I? Let's yeah. just say Oliver, cat owner. It could. Yeah. Okay, I mean, this, so. You you can also design the cat conference. Maybe for you, the question is, if you were planning a cat conference. Yeah. What would uh, it be like? Yeah. So I think I would want to have people who are like cat owners, and then I'd want to have like people who could like who are there who like take care of cats and help cats. So you could have, uh, if you were there, it would say Lana Norris, cat podcaster. Mm -hmm. so, like, so like, and then for me, it might say Oliver Bully, cat owner. And so like there, you're starting to separate like your, your different like casts of people. So you have your, your, your owners, your podcasters, and like everybody works the same and produces wonderful things for cats. But we just have to like, so that way you know who you're talking to. So I'd be like, hi, I'm Oliver. I have two cats named Cordelia and Perdita. Now, Chelsea, are you planning a conference? Are you attending a conference? Are you saying no, thank you? <laughs> you know, I don't like conferences very much in general. So I'm not sure that I would uh, go to a cat conference. Um, but I guess if I did, my name tag might say what my Instagram bio says, which is that I'm mom to two ragdoll cats. So Chelsea Tatum, ragdoll cat mom. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's good. Ooh, that then, is good. And instead of a keynote speaker, it'd be a keynote squeaker. <laughs> <laughs>